a husband and his wife were just about ready to sit down for breakfast one morning and handing her husband a cup of, co- cup of coffee, she asked, why do I always have to make the coffee? The husband answered, because you're the wife. That's your job. The wife replied, well, the Bible doesn't say it's the woman's job to make the coffee. It's the man's. The husband was blown away by this and demanded to see where in the Bible it states that he should be the one to make the coffee. She opened up the Bible and said, well, here it is. The woman replied, he brews. Yeah, y'all think about it. It's a good one. It grows on you. Sean, you feeling it? I mean, Dwight had a real good one, so I thought that one was kind of close, but... All right, tonight, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 85. I'm so glad you're here this evening. I'm so excited to get into this lesson. What a great psalm to look at, and I hope that you'll be blessed by it. Psalm 85 is where we're going to be at. Psalm 85, and we're going to read the first seven verses. We're going to read the whole psalm, but I just want to start out by reading the first seven verses. Verses. Psalm 85. The Bible says, Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sin. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God, to our, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation." We see in Psalm 85 that the author is thankful to the Lord because of what He has done for them. He has brought them out of captivity and forgiven their iniquities. In verse 4, he asked God to restore them and cause His anger to cease. And this is where I want us to focus our attention as we begin. And really the title of the lesson comes from verse 6. Look at what it says. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Tonight the topic of our lesson and the title of our lesson is Revived. Are we revived? I want us to think about what that means. And I want us to realize that God's people, those who are revived, have a special quality about them. They rejoice in Him. Think about the psalm again. The people are coming back from captivity. Some say that this is from Babylon, some don't. I kind of looked into it a little bit. Uh, Either way, it doesn't matter. 
but we see that they've come back from some type of captivity. And the, the point is that their sins have been forgiven. They have come back and the Lord has covered all their sin. And now, because He's been favorable to the land, they are ready to serve Him. Look at what verses 8-13 through 13 say. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace to His people and to His saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him. That glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before Him, and shall make His footsteps our pathway. Someone who has been revived talks like this. I will hear what the Lord says, because He will speak peace, that His glory may dwell in the land. Mercy and truth have come together. Truth shall spring up out of the earth. And righteousness shall look down from heaven. And the Lord will give what is good. Righteousness will go before Him. And His footsteps are pathway. Think about the mindset of not only the psalmist, but the people as well. They were ready to serve the Lord. And you can't just feel the excitement. You can see it coming out of the sheet if you really think about it. They had been revived. As we sit here tonight, brethren, let me ask you this question. Do you feel revived? Not physically, Spiritually. And let me uh, help you with that. Don't answer it yet. The Hebrew word here, revive, means to have life. To be brought back from sickness, discouragement, faintness, death. To restore to life or refresh. When we think about our lives and we think about how our Christian walk is going... Are we refreshed spiritually? Are we walking in His footsteps with excitement? Well, I hope by the end of this lesson I can help us just maybe a little bit to be encouraged a little bit more. Maybe give you just a little bit of boost of energy for those who have grown faint. I like that word. That's a big word for me. But it's a powerful word. Faint for those who have grown faint in their faith. And as we leave this morning, um, this evening, I hope that we will be revived. So, how do we become revived? How do we continue to be revived? Let's say we are revived. Let's say we are excited about doing God's will. How do we continue to stay revived? Well, the first thing that we have to understand this evening is we must have conviction. 
Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 17-21. But keep your hand in this psalm because we're going to come back to it. Verse 8 in the psalm, as you're flipping there, he says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace to His people and to His saints. The psalmist says he's going to hear what the Lord says. He's going to hear what He says because He knows what He says is going to be peace. He understands that what God says is true. What He says is going to happen. What He tells us in His Word is going to be accomplished. Amen? Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. What a powerful scripture. What a great scripture. What an encouraging scripture. And guess what? It's true. This is not a false statement. This is something that is absolutely true. If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, the new things are how you live. You live in a new way. You live as a new person. Brethren, if we're going to be revived, if we're going to stay revived, this must be a part of our lives. The word conviction, listen to what this means. The quality of showing that one is firmly convinced of what one believes or says. Wow. The quality of showing that one is firmly convinced of what one believes or says. Ask yourself this. Are you certain of what God has done for you? Do you have confidence that what the Lord said He would do when you obeyed the gospel is true? Do you believe that your sins have been forgiven? Do you believe that God is looking out for your best interest? Now look at this one. That is, verse 19 in 2 Corinthians 5, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Do we firmly believe that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself? Do we believe that? 
Do we believe that through Christ we have been reconciled to the Father? And our trespasses, our sins have not been put on us? Man, I'm embarrassed to think about some of the things that I've done, brethren. But guess what? In Christ Jesus, they are gone. I don't have to think about that anymore. Do I believe that? And here's the next thing do you believe. And this is big for somebody who wants to be revived. Do you believe that God has committed to us the word of reconciliation? Think about what we got. We have the greatest treasure ever. We have the greatest treasure ever. And if you don't think that it's that big of a deal, shame on you. Shame on you. If you don't think what you have in you is the most important thing ever, I feel sorry for you. We have the ability to change somebody's life. Do you believe that? Are you convicted of that understanding? Do you understand as a child of God, one who has obeyed the gospel, that we have the ability to give someone else the chance, now listen, to be a new creation? We have the ability to tell somebody how to be brand new just like we once were. You remember, and I ask this a lot because I don't ever want to forget it. And I just showed Regina a picture of me baptizing, baptizing Isaac. You remember when you came up out of the water? You remember how it felt? Doesn't that feeling revive you a little bit? Doesn't that feeling excite you to know that you could see somebody else come out of that water and you had been a part of it? One time you do it, you're hooked. Man, what a great feeling. Ain't that right, bro? James said it and it's so true. Once you do it one time, you're hooked. I got to get another one. Who else can I talk to? Are you convicted that you have that treasure? You have the word of reconciliation, brethren. If we are convicted and have a firm belief in what Jesus has done for us, it should absolutely revive us. It should absolutely put a smile on your face. We're not talking about going in and doing some hard labor and you ain't going to get paid for it. We're talking about putting in labor and you will see somebody change. Man. Even through the tough struggles of your life, even through those things that you don't even think you're going to have the opportunity to pull out of, if you're convicted of what God has said and it is true, it should keep you revived. Brethren, we are the ambassadors for Christ. What an honor. Me? Nasty old Matt Miller? 
Yeah. And I love it. And I'm thankful that I get to be a part of it. You know, Paul was too, wasn't he? You remember how he acted from the time he was blinded by a light? He never stopped. Peter never stopped. John never stopped. They continuously kept themselves revived because they were convicted and they understood what they've been taught, what they've obeyed was the truth. Back to the psalm. Psalm 85. What must we do to, uh, to become revived or continue to stay revived? We must have conviction, but we also must have concern. Look at what verse 8 says. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For He will speak peace to His people and His saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Let them not turn back to folly. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Keep your fingers in Psalm. We're about to turn to a very well known scripture that the kids probably know. Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man, right? And a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restored fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If we're going to be revived and continue to stay revived, we have to be just like the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. Amen? In the story of Zacchaeus, after Jesus tells him to make haste and come down because he's going to eat at his house, the ones who opposed Jesus, what did they do? They immediately began to hate on him. This guy is about to go eat with a sinner. But what does Jesus say? Today, salvation has come to your house. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you see it? Jesus was concerned for other people. And because of that, 
It put out all the nonsense that the devil tries to shoot at you. You know, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about Satan and he tries to shoot those fiery darts at you, right? But we're supposed to armor up and have the complete armor on so we can block those fiery darts. When we have a concern for other people, when we have a concern that they don't fall and they don't fail, that nonsense becomes a little bit less important. You know all those sideline quarterbacks that tell you how you need to live your life and they can do it a whole lot better, right? I can't believe he does that. I can't believe he even goes to church. But Jesus wasn't worried about it because He had a mission to do. He understood what the truth was and He was going to go do it. Does that mean you have to go do a Bible study with somebody? No, it means that you have to be able to shine your light in every single way, every single day. You want to know why? Because I want you to think about, and I want you to highlight this verse in your Bible if it ain't already. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. You want to know why Jesus was on a mission to seek and save the lost? Because look at what Jeremiah says right here. Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. We can't do it by ourselves. It's not in us. We'll always mess up. Have you ever tried to do something on your own? It may work for a while, right? It may be okay for a while, but what always ends up happening? Something, you do something silly, right? You make the wrong decision somewhere, somehow, and hey, let's say you make it all the way to the end, and you've done it your way the whole time. Guess what happens at the end? You don't make it. You don't make it. It is not in man to be able to do it. The only way that we're going to be able to do it, the only way that we're going to be able to be successful in our life is to do it according to God's way. See, if you want to be revived, you can help somebody understand that. You can invest your life to show them this truth. As Christian, it goes, back, it goes back to this ambassador for Christ deal. Do we realize that people who are not in Christ, do we realize that people who are not in Christ will not make heaven their home? That's tough for me. I got a lot of people who are not in Christ that I love, that I care for. And you know what? I talk to some of them and they don't want to hear it. And that's okay. Because I'm still going to do it. 
there may be that one day that they receive it. I get discouraged too. I talk to people that I love all the time and they just put up a block. But guess what Paul said? Look at what Paul said, brethren. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is what? That they might be saved. They didn't want to hear it. They wanted to get rid of Paul. Remember, we talked about it in class all that time. They did him just like they did Jesus. Locked him up for no reason. But his desire and his prayer to God for them was that they'd be saved. Here's a question for you. Are you praying for brethren that have strayed off? Are you praying for people who are not Christians? Are you praying for opportunities that you may be able to go and affect their life? If you want to have a revived life, if you want to have a refreshed life, we've got to take it off of ourselves. It's got to move off of us and it's got to move towards others. And when that happens, life changes. Jesus was completely off of Himself. He became a bondservant and died. Are we concerned like that? Because if we are, we will be revived. Because we know there may be one person that will hear it. And if they don't want to hear it, that's fine. I'm going to find somebody else. And if they don't want to hear it, I'm going to find somebody else. And maybe I'll just tag along with somebody. Hey, if you've got a Bible study going on, I'll go with you. And I won't say nothing, I promise. Maybe just a little bit, but <laughs> I'll try not to say nothing. I just want to be a part of it. I want to see somebody's eyes go off when they understand the truth. I want to see that light bulb go off when they realize, you know what, this is true. This is reality. I can be forgiven of my sins. So we've got to have this conviction and we've got to have this concern. But there's one more thing. Go back to Psalm 85. <clears throat> and look at verse 9. The Bible says, Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him. That glory may dwell in our land. We've got conviction. We've got this concern. But we also must have connection. See, in order for them to be successful, and we're going to read it in just a minute, in order for the land to be successful, who had to dwell there? The glory. God. There had to be a connection. Answer these two questions. And you're about to hear some Matt Miller language, and that's okay. It's not proper, and I'm not ashamed of it. So, do we realize who we are? Do we realize who we are? Or better yet, do we realize whose we are? Do you realize whose you are? Man. 
Think about the connection we have to the Almighty. Brethren, we are His children. You know what comes with being a child of God? Romans 8, 16 and 17, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs. <laughs> heirs of God. And look at what else. Joint heirs with Christ. Joint. Joint. Christ made it for us to be able to have joint Airship with Him. He wanted it. We're talking about the man. He allowed us to be equal with Him in this airship. I know it's not right to say it like that, but it don't matter. You know what I'm talking about. He says, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. What a connection, amen? When we really think about that, does it not refresh you? I'm a child of God, man. I've been washed of my sins, and I know it's true. I know I have the ability to go out and tell somebody else how to have this same thing done to them, and I get to one day go and be in a kingdom that is undescribable can't even imagine it and we get to be with Jesus forever man I just want to go hug him I just want to go worship him you know John in John chapter 1 in 1 John chapter 1 look at what he says that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Brethren, if you're not excited about going to heaven, if you're not excited to be connected with God, shame on you. I mean, this changed my life. I had no hope. I don't care if I cry. I do it all the time. But this is real to me. I had no hope. I wasn't going nowhere. And guess what? Other people aren't going where we're going. They have no hope. When will this become top priority to us, brethren? I'm not trying to knock us. I'm not trying to say we're not doing it because we're doing it. I'm seeing new faces come in here that I ain't never seen. And I'm seeing people wanting to talk about the Bible that I ain't never heard want to talk about the Bible. And to me, that is awesome. That revives me. 
Because when people want to talk about the Bible, when people want to talk about going and visiting people, guess what they are concerned about? They are concerned about souls. I want us to read verses 9 through 13 one more time. And I want us to just look at this and I want to talk about it and then we'll be done. Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before Him and shall make His footsteps our pathway. When we are revived and we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, God will bless us. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. If I, if I plant it the right way, and the, I don't know about farming, so I'm just going to go with it. So farmers, don't get on me if I don't do it right. Ray, don't get on me. You plant it, you work it, you continue to work it, and the rain comes, it waters it, it helps it grow. If it's too much water, it messes it up. If it's not enough water, it messes it up. But if it's just the right way and it's done the right way, what happens? It's a great crop, ain't it? When we do what God says, when we understand that mercy and truth are real, when we understand that righteousness and peace can be a part of our life, then our land, it'll yield its increase automatically. Because I'm doing the right things. I'm saying the right things. I'm talking the right way. I'm acting the right way. I'm constantly putting myself in check. And because I do that, I'm staying so close to the Lord that even through the toughest times, and I'm not taking away times are tough sometimes, and there's tough situations. I know plenty that are going on right now in so many people's lives. I'm not taking that away. But brethren, we still have to continue the mission, and that helps us push through. Isaiah says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, right? And they'll mount up like eagles. You ever seen an eagle fly? Man, they're strong looking. We don't know exactly how God does things and that's okay. But what we do know is we got to trust Him. And we know that it will come out for the good no matter what. So thinking about these ideas, knowing, knowing what they mean and, and taking a look at it, just ask yourself, are these a part of your life? Are these things that you're really putting into practice with your life? Because when it is, it makes you lose sight of all the bad things going on. 
You lose focus of those. They don't become the number one thing. The connection that we have with the Lord is unbelievable, brethren. We don't even realize what we have. But that only happens when we take ourselves out of the equation and put Him in front of our path. The more we focus on ourselves, the more distracted we'll be from that straight and narrow. Amen? But the more we follow His footsteps, and I love what it says in verse 13, righteousness will go before Him and shall make His footsteps our pathway. His footsteps become our pathway. You ever seen that picture with the dad walking and then the kids walking in the dad's footsteps? I seen the video where the kid was trying to stretch out, you know, because dad's legs were so long. That's a beautiful picture. God's steps are real big, aren't they? But they're not too big. We can't go in them. Because he says his footsteps can be our pathway. I want to close with this psalm. Brethren, go out and fight the fight. Go out and change somebody's life. You can do it. You have the ability to do it. Let it be your prayer that you're going to affect somebody. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him. And I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise Him. Think about when we come in here to sing. And you sing those praises to God. Are you singing them because you're just so happy in your heart for what He's doing for you? Think about it right now. Can you count five things that God has blessed you with today? I can. I woke up. I got to see Aaron. I got to see Isaac. I got to see Libby. And I got to come worship the God of creation with y'all. There's five. There's five. Man, y'all are some of the most important people in my life. I depend on you to help me through tough times. Hey, pick five people that you ain't prayed for. Brand new people that you hardly even get to talk to except to say hey to. Pray for them. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're here and you... Oh, sorry. You need to put Christ on in baptism. You can do it tonight. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Maybe you're here and you need prayers. Maybe you're here and you need to repent of some sins that you've done. Let's put some reproach on the church. Make it right. Don't wait. We're here to love you. We're here to care for you. But if you need to become a Christian, do not wait. As though Christ were pleading through me, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Because He made Him who knew no sin become sin for you so that you might become the righteousness of God. Don't wait. Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.